Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Hi. Close your eyes. It's time to discover what starting and growing your own business feels like. Whether your business is bed sheets or skincare or jewelry, Shopify's with you every step of the way. Hello. Now, open your eyes. Feel ready to start and grow your business. With Shopify, you'll get the tools you need to nurture your growing business and feel the same satisfaction as listening to this ad. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Simply start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com free22. Shopify.com free22. This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. Yo! going on everybody welcome back to the project manga podcast where we cover ayashimon sakamoto days mission yozakura family jujutsu kaisen my hero academia and one piece week to week back this week covering weekly shonen jump issue number 18 i am your host eagle and i'm mellow yes and uh as you can see Knox not here with us this week uh he actually you know ran into some unexpected obligations that he had forgotten about so He's doing what we he had to kind of we had to we had to do it without him so that being said um as always before we get started go ahead and take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts such as twitter online communities like discord audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on as well as ways to support the show like our online store or our patreon also while you're down there you can find links um not links but timestamps rather to conveniently navigate yourself through the video and avoid spoilers for series that you are not current in and while you're down there you might as well slap a like on the video helps us climb the algorithms so yeah with all that being said what a fantastic weekend jump <laughs> man i'm really enjoying this one pity about my hero academia but like they're in climax territory, so I'm okay with them taking time to like really make it work. Yeah, and I mean with the Dobby stuff that is going down right now, that ooh, yeah, Horikoshi's Hori deep in the Duffy over. right now. He's pulling everything out. Um, I yeah. really like this episode for Yashimon. Yeah this 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 chapter of Ayashimon was 
by year. And with that being said, I suppose we can probably just jump right into it. Chapter 18 of Ayashiman. Who are you? I'm really glad they finally got into like Kyo, Kyo stuff. Yes. Because like they've been teasing it since like chapter two. Yeah. Like maybe chapter one, but definitely chapter two onwards. And I'm just like, come on. Especially since it's like Kotan's an old boy and like used to run with the old pit crew. Yeah. And uh, we start right off with like Koton going into the flashback, basically, or Urara asking, um, you know, saying, I never bothered to actually learn about my a father. I just drowned myself in that in that desire for revenge and hatred and kind of went all in tunnel vision. <clears throat> so can you tell me, like, who is he? Um, and we go right into it, man. Like, first panel we see of Keo is him, like, literally uh, 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 beating Kotone's ass. Like, yeah. This ain't a one-on-one. -on -one. I just wanted to see what you were about. You know what I'm saying? Join up. Um, but Keo, man, looking like... I like that, that we've only seen him looking like a regular person up until this point. And then the first time we actually see him, he's just... Uh, so horrifying. What is the difference between Ayashimon and Oni? Um, I think Oni is literally just a type of yokai. Um, Onis are basically like like giant devils, basically. Because Keo implied that like he, you know, needs more gold to sustain himself than than other Ayashimon and shit like that, right? Like later in the chapter, yeah, was, that was kind of implied. They're basically a type of ogre. They're known for just being very powerful. And so... I just think that they're like... Because like they're, they're famous, right? Like, Onis are like powerful devils. Ogre devils that exist within the Japanese folklore. And they're just like... I think that like the cost of him existing is because he's like a powerful like potent supernatural entity which just dr consumes more power right like he's too yeah. powerful for his own good um whereas like koton's a bolt of cloth 10 is able to subsist off pocket change because yeah. he's just this low-ranking yokai like they they paid him in chicken feed and bruises and like coupons like yeah he was not doing good. <laughs> like, Keo needs like actual ducats to like survive. Like, yeah. He needs real money. And like Oni. So yeah, I mean, there's probably like Ayashimon, Yokai, Oni is maybe the power structure. Yeah, there. they're all they're all types, but I just feel like they're they're extremely powerful and old school. Cause you get like old old stories like, you know, red oni, blue oni, uh two giant people that like wanted one one wanted to be friends and so they have that story or like the idea like momotaro goes off into avenge the peach boy and like befriends three animals to like defeat the oni that is like the cause of badness within land like it's the original demon lord effectively yeah um so yeah i understand why like an entity of his like like that tier of entity it's just like you're just burning through the money that you actually need 
And I, I really like the framing of it where he's like, because like you see the, you know, the old leader struck down by illness on his deathbed. You see that in like delinquent mobster stories so often. But yeah. I was like, that's a cool twist on it. And the fact that like, you you're running out of money you're literally um doing the opposite of like what magic johnson did you know where he's like ah, i got sick and i threw money at the problem and now i'm fine and it's like god keo didn't do that yeah um no it's almost like a reverse pyramid like he's dispersing all the money to all the people below him and taking the smallest cut himself. So yeah, he's like, can't subsist. It's um, not the typical dynamic you'd see in like an underworld mob boss. But Yeah, especially since their like existence is tied to it. It makes that kind of sacrifice like much more noble, yeah. which is surprising from like what, like A, wasn't really expecting that like level of nobility from a yokai you know what i mean because they're just like yokai are about their base issues right like when like ten's boss got smoked by maruro and they're just like ah, oh, okay whatever and, and he's like why aren't you guys mad and he's like oh we're yokai you know we just don't give a fuck about each other so like it's what made kyo stand so far apart from like what's there and i'm like wow he really was like a driving force for good yeah led by example and like paid the cost of his like equity yeah it's tragic in that way so yeah we just get a bunch of like really feel good scenes here with Keo, and um we get kind of the origin of dopo because we see that he's like their cup bitch like he's filling their cup you know what I'm saying he's yeah, like he's the junior. Yeah. He's the he's the junior in all the meetings, you know. We see the we see Keo with all the, the head executives and the uh Dopo like pouring their, their sake cups and shit. And uh everybody's kinda clowning him like, get rid of that dopey ass mop head, bro, and You can't fight. <laughs> you can't fight, bro. You you ain't shit. But get rid um, of that yee yee ass haircut. Get rid of that yee ass haircut. And then it moves us into like, you know, the scene we were just kind of touching on with Keo and Cotone, where Keo is on his deathbed or on his, you know, kind of bedridden his sickness. Talking about how he's been dispersing most of the funds to the rest of the organization and taking the smallest cut himself. And uh thus has not been able to survive. And I just like I want to know what fucking I want to know how the scheme unfolded. Uh which one? Dopos? Dopos, yeah. Oh, like how he got this like different will or like if they're like Yeah, we obviously know it's a, it's like an alternate will or altered dif different, you know. Yeah, he managed to like Oh, you know, so they introduce a concept later in the chapter where the people that lose a ritual duel are forced to obey the people that beat them. 
as part of the terms of the winner and loser. Really? So what if he ritual dueled the lawyer and then forced him to rewrite a new will and accept it and act as if that was the original will? Hmm. Because I think that'd be a really interesting take. Um, because it's like less about taking out, like forcing Keo to dictate something as opposed to forcing someone that would have the ability to do that. And then probably using his trusted junior position, get um, Keo to like sign it and then uh, do a little old good old fashioned five finger discount embezzling and just steal what's left of Keo's money to forcefully end his life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's kind of what they did. Yeah, that would be an easy, you know, definitely as, as opposed to like poisoning him. I think uh, just slinking somebody in there till they just take the rest of his money stash and now he mm-hmm. just withers away and dies. That's Yoink definitely the play. Bank. Yoink his piggy bank. But yeah, Dopo definitely oh, comes in with the lawyer. Like now all of a sudden he's got this 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 mink coat that he wears. He's got the roses. Um, I think it's interesting that like he literally got rid of that E ass haircut and the fact that he like was like constantly like pushing his hair out of his eyes caused like the evolution like this is the transition point from him to like now where his yeah. like hair is like super long on one side and he, he's kind of doing that um i don't remember what that means body language wise but i feel like it's um like a reassuring gesture like he's trying to reassure himself that he's correct yeah. So probably some underhanded dealings. I think yeah. I think you might be right on with that um, about the the body language as far as the hand gesture goes. That does seem like kind of a reassuring, self assurance gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, that's yeah. why he's so eager to like enforce that he's in charge. Yep. And so, um, you know, we got we got Mauro saying like, "Well, why don't we just go right to Dopo and ask him? I'll punch him right in his face." And uh, they're kind of explaining like, "Yeah, Kabuki Cho is not the same place anymore. You can't really just walk in there unarmed, gung ho, expect to come back out the other end alive. Like, it's hard out here in these streets at this point." And so they're saying, "We're gonna want to rally some allies," you know. Get some people here on our side, and they're—he's going through old, old organization members that he thinks might help or may not. Um, Tamagawa of Corey Hotels, he says, absolutely not, just because he can't stand them. Everything's a transaction to that guy. He's a businessman through and through. Um, I think Shira will probably end up helping based on the events of the chapter. Oh yeah, the guy who's the loner. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Um, because the other guy, uh, Rukorogi, like he gets, he gets killed up. at the end of the chapter, right? Oh yeah, no, he definitely bursts into coins. Yeah, like this new girl, like the head of Club Dean is like a kappa, and she steals his um, Shira Kodama, which is called the the anus jewel. It's it's literally an anus jewel. 
so Kappas are like water aquatic boogeymen. They basically look like a cross between like Golduck and a turtle. Where? How do we know she's a Kappa? She has this little plate on her head and the fact that she reached into the guy's anus and stole his soul. Okay. So, yeah, so the scales on her chest and like the aquatic theme of her fish, um, it ties into the Undine and also ties into the Kappa. If you look at like the Alice band that's like on her, fo on her forehead, it's a little dish. And Kappas are basically like these duck. They got a little bowl in their head to store yeah, they got the, the water. Bowls right? in their head that yeah. stores the water, and they can be tricked into like bowing. And if you get them to bow low enough, they'll pour the water out of their head, and then they'll like be weaker. Oh. They're basically like red caps. They're kind of murderous. Will eat you, but they need to like <laughs> meet a certain condition to like maintain their like strength. So they need to like stay in water and stuff. Like they um, gotta trick you, and then they beat the shit out of you and eat you. Yeah, like kappas were known for like eating like people's livers, and so um, what the they fuck? believed that the human body had the shirakodama, and it was basically like a crystal ball or something inside you that like was just inside the anus and represented your soul. And so if you had your Shirakodama removed, <coughs> your uh, soul of the whole removed from your body, you would die and they would take it out of you to like get to their way to the liver inside the human body. And uh, they believe that because um, drowned bodies have a puckered asshole, like they, the, the like inverted asshole as if something had been pulled out. It's because like gases build up in the human body and then as you're dead, you rot you poop or fart a lot and that's why it's distended like that but like back then they had no idea and they're just like what was taken from this body maybe it's maybe it's your soul maybe your soul is inside your body what was taken from this body oh my that's, that's god literally what they were thinking and that's that's why people believe in the shira kadama and they believe that the kappa was the one that took it like yo, they they're pulling us under. They rip our fucking soul out of our ass, and it's over. Eat, eat our organs. It's a bad. It's a bad way to go. <laughs> that's wild. But yeah, that's the new girl, and uh, it's the cutest kappa ever. It's hilarious. I'm um, wondering about this guy in the back too, or this girl in the back. Dude, she looks cold blooded. Um, I really want to see what she's all about. I don't really quite know. But there's definitely plenty of, like, yokai and supernatural creatures that are known for, like, being, uh, oh, God, I'm just thinking of Monty Pythons, like, watery tarts that throw out on swords. But, like, um, you know, there's lots of water women in myth and story, like the Little Mermaid or the Lady in the Lake, um, all kinds of stuff like that. Ursula. <clears throat> yeah, I was thinking that too with like the long hair and stuff. She's got the like the ink spot on her eye, maybe. Ooh, that'd be cool. I wonder. That that'd be really interesting. I mean, I'm sure there's like a like an octopus oni or an octopus yokai Ayashimon, right? 
Yeah, I know it's there's um, be. I know there's like a giant um, squid sea priest. It's called the sea priest. It's like Umeboshi. It's referenced in Ranger Reject, but it's like this giant black silhouette that like stands in the harbors and stuff at people. It's basically just a spooky sailor story. Yeah. Um, so that might be an option. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that like the Kappa girl steals the the soul ball, the Shira Kodama, and Undines are basically like Greek river or lake spirits, and they are thought to have be like they're shaped like women, they're made out of the elements, and they don't have souls. But they could marry a human person, and then they would get, and it, it would shorten their lifespan in half. But they would gain a human soul, and then their children would be humans with human souls, but with like a, like an aquatic feature. Hmm. So I think it's interesting that like this girl is in a for a part of Club Undine, which is like soulless. Water Woman, and her whole thing is she reached into a butthole and stole a guy's soul and snatched it out of him. And I'm like, that's kind of funny, like, when you think about it. I'm just like... She said... This is a weird thing. Fisted his shit like nobody's business. (laughs) She really fisted Mr. (coughs) That's wild. So yeah, um, basically she snuffs out their only hope at an alliance as far as Kotone is concerned. Um, so we definitely, things are up in the air as far as like what they can do going forward, who they'll have to ally themselves with. I think like we were talking about earlier, the Shira dude will probably come into play and end up helping, uh, being that uh, Rukurogi just got killed and uh, Tamagawa of the Cory Hotels, you know, Kotal doesn't like too much. Yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of a stickler. Yeah, I feel like Tamagawa probably tried to like maintain independence, but like, yeah, we'll serve you. You don't need to ritual duel us. We'll just work for you and make money as long as business keeps on going. Like, we understand that if to like resist is just gonna be a whole lot of trouble, and we don't want that. Right. Um, that's kind of what I pick up from that. Like, they might even end up working with him later, but, like, they're just like, well, shit. The part that I'm interested in is if you beat someone in a ritual duel and you impose, uh, like, actions on them, can another person beat that same person in a ritual duel and impose contradicting information? Like, like impose, an like, a contradicting rule? Or say, like, hey, fight for us and our allies. And then someone says, fight for us and our allies. So would that be negated? And so it's like, well, you're both my allies, and you want me to fight you the other side. I literally choose to do nothing because I can't. Does not compute. Does because not compute. I, I was like, I'm not allowed to. I can't fight for both of you, so I, I will not do anything. Which yeah. I think would be a kind of interesting way to, like, reduce the number of, like, foot soldiers on the field, you know? So, like, if they do that, it, like, you get the people on the ground and you can do tiers of, like, bad guys. And as you, like, try to reach towards, like, 
the head, Dopo, and have that like proper one-on-one. But like it's enforced because you've already forced this like neutrality on them. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot to like look forward to. Yeah, I agree. I can't. Uh, I cannot wait for the upcoming chapters of Ayashimo. But I think uh, I think that about does it for tonight's chapter. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter sixty-five of Sakamoto Days. Mutual fans. Man, this I solid chapter. I'm really excited about Akira. Like she seems like like her aunt's super cool. Rion's like dope as hell. Like to be like considered on the same level as like Nugumo or Sakamoto. Sakamoto. So like I have high expectations, and I'm not entirely sure who the young person is that Azuki was like, yeah, we've got a person in the plant, and the, like, we've got a person on the inside for this, like, recruitment situation, and I still think that, like, I'm kind of in between, because I, I, I wonder if it's, like, Kaji... Mm. who has like said nothing he's one of the new special recommendations he hasn't said anything but he's helpful to shin and like mufuyu and he's helping them out for like no real reason um but like that might be able to explain either way it might be toromaru because like azuki preferred sakamoto to his old self so like having a girl that's like an extreme fangirl of like the cool collected you know dedicated killer Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels version of Sakamoto kind of like makes their kind of like personalities a little more in line or it could be Akira and I like just because Uzuki would know what like if he studied up on Sakamoto and Nagumo he would definitely study up on Rion and so he might know that like Akira exists and he reached out to her yeah you know what I mean yeah that would be nuts. Fuck. I just didn't, like, you're throwing all these names out, bro. I read Sakamoto Days so fast, and, like, I just need to... No worries. Oh, so, um... Mufuyu is the guy with the face mask. He's the face like, mask guy, this. yeah, yeah. And Kaji he's just calm, collected. is the dude with the hat. Yep, and then Shin is the dude, the blonde dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. our little telepath. And then Tor- Toromaru is, is the, the, the crazy chick. We talked about that. Kind of pre yeah she's kind of crazy like like hardcore and like toromaru seems like such a masculine name so i think it's interesting but like at the same time like it fits pretty well like when her eyes hardens like i have the tiger it's the thrill of a fight you know right. kind of shit. she goes into like full like uh like toga 
You know, she goes like Kimiko Togo, where she goes into the like murder mode. Yeah, she definitely does go into murder mode on uh, page sixteen. <sighs> She's so scared. Her faces, though, is like she has so like a wide variety of expressions that I'm just like, this worked out really well. I like her character. Yeah, and I think I don't know the art in this panel. I... <sighs> It almost reminds me of like a Promise Neverland panel. Like the panel of Elizabeth when she is in Emma's face when she finds out that she knows. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Do you remember the panel that I'm talking about? Mm -mm. Unfortunately, I do not. Basically, uh, did you read Promise Neverland? I read some of it and then I like, I think I coasted through most of it. I just don't remember too much to be honest. It was a while ago. I think it was in the first, you know, three chapters for sure. First, you know, one or two, I think, um, where, you know, the first kid gets sent off. Emma is, like, staring at the empty spot on the wall where her picture was or whatever. Not her picture, but a picture that the kid had drawn. And um, Elizabeth, the mother, like... Oh, yeah, where she has, like, you're suddenly, like, suspecting... Right in know. her face, yeah. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, I remember that now. Thank it you. It just reminds me of that panel, yeah. Dude, I just think uh, the, the Buddha Sakamoto is the funniest thing. Just like, yes, Buddha, that one guy, I imagine, with enlightenment, just a halo of The Bodhisattva with the, with the guns, the, the pistols in each hand. Yeah, no, that was really funny. Um... It reminds me of, it made me think of that, um, there's a cult in Korea, I think, called uh, Order of the Iron Rod, oh, Brotherhood really? of the Iron Rod, and it is about, like, these guys who, like, collect guns and are, like, pro-gun rights, but they are, like, a little weird with it, like, they bless their guns and have, like, a church of guns. Weird. It's, it's, it's very, um... Uh, pre-collapse Mad Maxi, you know what I mean? Like, yep. it's just like, what are you doing? What you're preparing for the end times, but your whole like strategy and religion is good. So, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, I think um, like you were talking about the the part of the chapter where she kind of loses her shit was kind of my favorite part of the chapter because we do get this resolve from Shin, right? Where mm -hmm. um, she's like, oh shit, you know Sakamoto too, basically. And, um, oh yeah, he does the back crack. Yeah, he's, he's about to fight her and he does like the back crack, you know, the Sakamoto yeah. back crack. <laughs> and she's like, oh, chotomate. And basically starts going off like the only reason you do that is if you were if is if you were a true Sakamoto fan. And so she starts getting on his heels. Um, and what is what does she say exactly that kind of spurs on his dialogue? So what do you love most about Sakamoto? Da da da. How he shows no emotion. It's as if he's a living killing machine. And um, yeah, he basically says, "I used to feel that way too." But the thing about Mister Sakamoto is. He's kinder than anybody, you know, pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. Sanji type B, no matter how bad the store is doing, he'd never lay us off. He's always there for us. He's really caring. 
Um, and so he's like, I want to be able to stand by his side as a true partner, which is obviously what sets her off. And she's like, yeah. a partner? Uh-uh. I ain't sharing my boy. I like how her headcanon is that Sakamoto doesn't need anything or anyone. And she's like, no, no, no. You're a fan, but you're doing it wrong. Like, her reaction just made me think of, like, sometimes, like, interactions on anime Twitter. They're like, you like this thing? You like the same thing I do? You like it differently. I hate you. Like, right. the dumbest. Yeah. It was like, just appreciate it for what it is. Like, you're both getting something different out of it. You're both witnessing these things at a different angle. You know, you just, you simply have a different relationship with that kind of thing. Yeah, so But I, I like, I like the contrast. I like the contrast. Um, I think it's, I think it's important for Shin, because like, I know in the previous chapters he was taught, it's like, hey man, like, you know, don't go easy on me. We're enemies now. I, I, I want to meet you at your level, right? And I'm like, that's that's ballsy, kid. Like, it's ballsy. Like, good for you. Like, admire the chutzpah, but like, it's ballsy to think you can the handle hurdle. the guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. She's the first hurdle for sure. She's different. She's, I mean, she's special recommendation. She was hyped up. Um, we haven't even, like, gotten to this Shania kid uh, that was introduced, like, a couple chapters ago. Um, man, I really like the kind of dynamic, like, choreography. Like, bouncing around, her, like, shooting through trees, uh, like terrain falling apart them going over the cliffs on page six and seven yeah like her swinging around trying to like reach them fighting on the log like it's so like it's like everything i love out of like action movies you know what i mean like yeah. really cheesy action movies like jason statham crank level of cheesy action films and i'm here for it the entire time yeah, definitely. And so we get a little bit of backstory for her, too, where it uh, looks like she was saved in some way, shape, or form by Sakamoto. Maybe from, um, maybe from like, a child trafficking ring or something that he kind of busted apart once. Mm -hmm. And, you know, her her garb, I should say, kind of looks that way. Um, so, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. Looks like he saved her from a shitty situation, and that's kind of why... She began to idolize him. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I just I see I'm, like Nagumo in the background too. So like, it's interesting to see that. Oh yeah, Nagumo was there too with him the the night the faithful night. I wonder why yeah, it was so, Sakamoto so it's, it's that got her adoration and not Nagumo. Yeah. Um, must have just been Sakamoto did some more, some more cool shit in front of her. They were closer. <laughs> they were closer. Just happened. Sheer proximity and Nagumo just being like, surprise, stealth attack. And Sakamoto just walks in. All right, cool. John Wick multi-man takedown. Yeah. 
John Wick multi-man takedown with a I pencil. I mean, that, he's done it before. He's straight up done it with like a fucking pencil. <sighs> he's brutal. Like, he can take them all out. I love her weapon, though. Like, it's this weird, like, shotgun, but with a, like, like a shotgun halberd. It reminds me of Kikaru. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the pigtails plus the weapon definitely kind of, like, give that vibe. Especially um, top panel of page 11. Big Kikaru vibes. Like, when she's yeah. landing on the... You see the I pigtails love... is flowing, and she's just like... <sighs> Honestly, the image that I got, um, it reminded me of Vagabond. Mm. The guy who did, like, the story about, like, Masashi Miyamoto... And they're having, like, the samurais, and they, like, look down at each other, that Kubrick stare, and they're like, I'm a warrior. Master the blade. Today is the day you die, kind of thing. You know, like, staring down yeah. your opponent, like, very, um, spaghetti western. Yeah. Kind of vibes. I'm just like, yes, showdown, showdown. your opponent. Uh, very silly, but good action in this series, and, like, makes me think. I'm just like... What's going on? Yeah, there's definitely some great choreography throughout the chapter, especially now that I'm thumbing back through it. Like, uh, and yeah, that the the page of them falling off the cliff, just that dynamic kind of bird's eye view all of a sudden, and uh, mm -hmm. the comedy in that. Um, Kaji was trying to warn him the whole time, like, "Oi, oi, y'all are running towards the cliff, bro. Hey, look." Ah! Where are you driving, guy? Where are you? Where are you going? Hey! They fell off. They're dumb as fuck, dude. They're goofy. Like, I get why Kaji and Tor Toromaru are just like, yeah, we're the special grades, effectively, of this thing. We're the special recommendations. We're the buy entries for this like bracket tournament. Well, the part that it, I'm interested in. Sorry. It almost looks like she's not even targeting him. Like, if you look in the page uh, four panel on top of her shooting through the trees, like, he's off to the other way. Like, she's paying him literally no mind. On what page? Page four, top panel. I think because, like, they have similar color bands. She's really just going for the bands at first until yeah. Shin gets her attention doing the idiosyncratic habit of, like, Sakamoto. And then finding out he's a fan in a different way, like, sets her off to, like, murder. Murder. I don't think she's that focused on him. Initially. Murder. No, she started going to Murder Town. Um, I mean... I think Shin's gonna do pretty well, uh, cause like he's my boy. He's he's got to progress. This is his. This is a level up opponent. Yes. Um, but the part that I'm wondering about is he tries to read her mind, and what if it's just like so much like obsessive thinking about Sakamoto that he's like, ah, this is not useful. This is not useful. Is it a left hook? Sakamoto, 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 Sakamoto. She's Sakamoto, like, yeah. She's it's like the shining where it's just mindless obsession. Yeah. All you get when you try and look into her shit is just a big Sakamoto. <laughs> just, a, 
Just a Sakamoto body pillow. Just a voice screaming, get out! <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. This is a good setup shot. Setup thing kind of establishes stakes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I can't wait to see how things play out between Toromaru and Shin, for sure. Like, Yeah. I wonder I want... if the other like special recommendation guy is going to like jump in and be like... Special like, recommendation that party. Be, that might actually be like the turning factor, because like if he can't, if Shin can't read Toromaru's mind, he might overhear Kaji's thought process, like, oh, I'm gonna wait until she lowers her guard, or the moment of her attack, I'll go in. That kind of thing. And so Shin can, like, prep off that. So, like, and, like, be stronger as a collaborative person like because he's trying to be like a partner to sakamoto right so mm-hmm. like this is perfect training to like work with others take other people's plans into account as opposed to using his uh telepathy as a weapon for like yeah. one-on-one duels yeah i feel like that's the next point but other than that i don't think i have too much to say about this chapter yeah i think that uh that about does it for sakamoto this week all right, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 124 of Mission Yozakura Family. Kyoichiro versus the Yozakura siblings. And um, not a whole lot to this chapter plot-wise, I guess. Uh, There's a lot of character interactions, some good choreography, some awesome like art. But um, you know, plot-wise, a couple things to touch on. That's really it. Um, but I love how we start off the chapter just with this cover style paneling of, you know, we get the cover style paneling a lot in Yozakura, but uh, basically uh, Shion, that is Shion, right? Yeah, that's Shion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just mix up the, I always There's get so Shion confused with um, Shinzo. That's fair. But um, very names. she's basically like, yep. We got Futaba's on-site data, Kengo's profiling, Nanao samples. We got your bitch ass cornered. You know what I'm saying? Dead to rights. Dead to rights, and then Nanao, or not Nanao, but Futaba comes in with the um, with the brat da da, hits him with the mean two piece. They clash with the spider net. That panel mm-hmm. is drastic on page four of the uh, the Futaba strike against the spider net defense. I love the, like, I actually really like, like, the faint white, like, wisps of wire, like, breaking the silhouette of Kyoichiro, and, like, also, like, dangling over, like, the entire scene of that panel at the top of four. Yeah. I, I really like that. Like, that's a great touch, adds a lot of depth, but, like, plays with, like, light and doesn't like because like wires is such a hard like medium to not make look messy but like taking that like i think it's an elegant touch you know what i mean because like the risk of having a bunch of black wires is that you create a bunch of scribbles yeah because like it works in small doses the scribble thing like at the top of like seven when he's inside the prison 
and his arms literally turn to scribbles, but then, like, I love the motion that, like, is created in that panel as he, like, starts spinning and creating, like, centrifugal force, and, like, all the threads splaying out. Yeah. So he turns his arms into... I was wondering about that. So, like, he actually... I don't actually... think he does. It's just, uh, you know, for visual effect, he's, you know... He's kind of, like, whipping his, like, wires into, like... Like, I imagined almost like a cotton candy machine. Like, he's turning his arms like a cotton candy machine. He's, like, oh, yeah. causing all his wires to, like, flare up and then bundle. And then he's got a good grip on them to, like, create, like, torque. Hmm. That's the way I viewed it. Um, because, like, if it was something that came from his physical body, then it, he wouldn't need Shinzo to repair his wires or weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not like a it's not like a dofy situation. Yeah, he's he can't turn himself into the, into the wires. Not yet. He hasn't been completely consumed by the 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 black sakuras. Ooh. I mean, so yeah. Speaking of that, I guess um, we learn that he has been inflicted with a poison that is uh, currently like destroying all of his own cells and of. It will also spread to anybody that comes within a certain proximity to him. Manal learns this when he gets him with the injection. His arm turns all fucked up, and he's got to cut it off. I love that moment. Nanao just immediately lopping it off, stabbing himself with a syringe to immediately regrow the arm. And he's like, that decayed really quickly yeah. for like a biological powerhouse as myself. Yeah, he was like, even if my body can't even handle it, bruh, then none of y'all are going to be able to stand up to it at all. <laughs> it's going to instantly melt you. This is really cool. Um, like, I really liked the poison stuff, because I know we talked about um, how fighting him in an enclosed space and blowing up all the ancestors still like caused like pollen or blood or in this case the old blood to like spread and infect him which i appreciate the fact that he's being told this i feel like they want a certain reaction out of him and i feel like he's doing what they want him to do which is go off into hiding cause a panic amongst the family and literally draw them away. Like I feel like that's part of the plan. Yeah. If they if we get smoked, Momo is still out there. He's familiar with the house. He can go take care of the house in Mitsumi while the family hunts down Kuichiro, who we've baited into running away and going AWOL by revealing to him our you know, parting gift. Yeah. Mm. It's, a little, it's a little Kansas City shuffle, you know? It's just, uh, we want you to look here, but we really want to go here. Yeah. And I don't know how they're going to, like, suppress its effects. Yeah, that's the question. If they gotta, like, stick him in, like, an incubator tube until they can figure out a cure, or, like, what the fuck is gonna happen? Yeah. 
I don't know. Because, like... I feel like maybe... I feel like the bloom is going to be the key. And they always talk about, like, in the series, they have ongoing themes of this idea of, like, bloodline and being compatible. So I'm wondering if they'll ever do something like a hybridization or graft of the bloom to, like, help stabilize or balance it out. Because, like, the bloom is based off the sonamine that, like, exists in their bodies and enhances them and all that stuff. Yep. So it's grow. The plants are literally growing from their body. Um, you can take a branch, chop it off a tree, and like cut another tree, and like tape it or like bind it there using like string or rubber bands or whatever. And you can graft a tree branch and have multiple trees, like bear the different multiple kinds of fruits like that is a thing that can happen in botany weird so they were talking about the old blood is fighting the new blood and like one is going to like cancerize the others the parts of his body to propagate and create more of the old blood and create the black bloom so if what if they defeat him and get him to hold still long enough to graft on parts of Tayo's healthy bloom to, like, Ooh. balance out the old and the new blood, keep him alive, he's going to be drastically weakened and, like, story-wise, could easily be written out temporarily as he's, like, learning to stabilize and, like, rejuvenate because he's at the brink of death anyway because of he's be how he's being poisoned by the old blood. Yep. But yeah, that could be that's kind of that's that kind could... of the take I'm going for. Otherwise, I don't know how this fight's gonna go. Like, like, what's the win condition for Tayo and the other siblings? You know, is it to stop Koichiro, get him to like accept help, stop is him, it... stick him in an incubator too, bring him back to the crib? Yeah. And then by the time they bring him back there, they'll find, like, where's Mitsumi? You know, I, I feel like that might be... Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to. Because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from. Some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy. So we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's Al.
Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. What's happening? Yeah. That would be crazy. Draw all the family away so they can go get her. That's where Momo's at right now. Calling it now. Calling it now. You know, I, I don't feel good about it. About that prediction. I don't. I don't like that idea. It's like, ah, you know, it'd be just awful that. And I, I don't know. I feel like it, I, it's definitely within the realm of possibility. And it would fit into kind of like what's happened in the series before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shit, I mean, other than that, I guess my, uh, my favorite thing was how we, we, we kind of did get the, the background, I guess, obviously, to Koichiro's decision, which is kind of what I had been waiting on. Um, oh yeah, 12, the explanation 15. on this on this poison from the old blood, you know, the Subomi mm-hmm. um, minion. When our bodies were destroyed, Subomi's blood diffused into the air and embedded the roots into your body. Um, like you said, the blood, the new blood, and the old blood will vie against each other, destroying it in the flesh as they circulate. Uh, what's more, that poison will continue to spread like flowering plants. Your siblings will succumb too. Like that's for somebody like Kyoichiro, that really is like the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, man, he was going there to try and handle business, help out the fam. He's like, I'm just gonna get it all done right now. And then they flip some fucked up shit like that on his head. Man, I mean, I think that like. Assassination is about targeted attacking of an opponent. And so, like, it just makes sense that they're playing him a little bit. Yeah. Like, really focusing on his insecurities and, like, goals and priorities. Yeah. To get him to maneuver in a way that they want. And, like, I wonder if those ancestors are going to, like, come back regenerated with more plant-like features you know because like Subomi's like the one that's like keeping these ancestors alive and there's like multiple root spots right they're like you can't kill a Subomi unless you get rid of all these root spots and they have all these ancestors traveling through this network of trees throughout the country to like protect those spots too so like yeah, their body's destroyed, but, like, for how long, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like they could be resurrected or reanimated or something like that? Um, proper? Like, in like, full form? Not just, like, flower kind of uh, ethereal ghost being? I feel like they'd have physical bodies, but it'd be mostly like dirt and trees comprising yeah. their body. Like the, the trees mimicking a blood circulatory system, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely possible. Yeah. It, it reminds me of um, oh, what have 
you. It's th that old school Naruto ability. It was like Shiki Tensei or something like that. Where it's like they, they bring back the Hokage as zombies. Oh, you're talking about um, Edo Tensei, the resurrection. Yes, there we go. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, I know I'm butchering it. Reincarnation sure. Jutsu, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm imagining something like more along the lines of that. Yeah. Yeah, the Edo Tensei would be nutty. The full on. Like bring him back proper. Mm. Yeah, other than that, I don't know. I don't think I really have too much. I just think like the art in this in this chapter really, really pops in multiple places. Like the panel, you know, of Futaba on page one, um, the action panel, page four, not page one, but page two, uh, Futaba. Page four, the clash panel between Futaba and Kyoichiro, like we pointed out earlier. The um the panel of Kyoichiro breaking out of the box. Dude, that was cool. I yeah. liked I liked how they used magnetism to trap him and then he immediately like cut his way through all that horacalcum type stuff. It's like damn. Yeah. He is and not then the um easy to go down. The double spreads obviously, the uh the page sixteen, seventeen double spread with the Kyoichiro's kind of AoE attack. And then the the double spread of Kyoichiro himself and Tayo on the last page. Like, both of those yeah. with that ethereal kind of spiritual-looking art, you know? Yeah, um, like the pressure. Yeah, yeah, and it just... It, dude, the art pops. It's really reminiscent of uh, Dragon Ball Z, you know? Where they're just, like, waves of pressure and power exuded like, yeah. outward. I was like, yes! Very classic shonen. So yeah, I'm definitely, uh, definitely excited to see how the uh, the white, you know, slash pink blossoms counteract the uh, the black blossoms of Kyoichiro. But uh, other than that, I guess I don't really have too much for this chapter. Um, the part that I liked was the mirroring of eight and nine with eighteen nineteen, right? So. If you the, the like, it's like eight and nine, you have Kichiro in the foreground, and you have his siblings staring at him, and you can see that like he's the focus of what they're looking at. Yeah, and they're like, 18, what the fuck is these black moons? Yeah, and then eighteen nineteen, you get the parallel of Tayo. And Kyoichiro is on the left-hand panel observing Tayo, and he's the focus of where he's looking. Yeah. And I love that kind of, like, yin-yang kind of thing going for them. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good spot. Yeah, I just, I don't know, it's, like, small editing techniques that I'm just like, I'm about that. I like that a lot. Right. Um, I can see why you called Futaba Nanao early, because, like, her face is like just child Nanao's face. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, it's crazy because like... Oh, this like is the smallest. Familiar yeah, this is the biggest. Stuff. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Did you have anything else for this chapter? No. I am stoked to see next week, though. I, I definitely am. 
Tayo is going to put his effort into it. And I wonder if he's going to, like, invoke some of, like, the president's advice or something like that. Be like, Richard, snap out of it. Like, why do you think you're being positioned like this? And they all rush to the mansion or something like this. Yeah. Well, I think that about does it for Mission Yozakura family this week. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 180 of Jujutsu Kaisen Sendai Colony Part 7. And we get this cover with uh, Rika Orimoto holding Cursed Spirit Rika and Yuta. Yeah, in plushy form. Yeah. Um, so... I think it's interesting that, like, she doesn't drop a shadow, but, like, a spatter of blood. And then it's kind of sandwiched between, like, the halo of flowers that she has. Yeah. Which, um, like, I, I feel like the spatter of blood basically represents the idea that she died a horrible death. And then the halo of flowers, they are, I believe they're Halcyon Hostas. Which are, uh, Halcyon is a type of, is basically a Greek word, like Greek-rooted word. It basically represents the idea of, like, an idyllic past or, like, you know, the good, the good times, yeah. effectively. Uh, a time in your past that you viewed as, like, golden or perfect and has such become much more romanticized than the current day that you experience or the future. Mm. So that's where Halcyon comes from. And so I like that Rika Oritomo is like torn between the I, the remembrance of tragedy and then like the Halcyon days of youth kind of thing. Um, yeah. Combined with like the toys of like the current Rika and the current Yuta of like just a formative childhood memory mm -hmm. and it's just like there's a lot to unpack in this one image and it's like it's very beautiful very charming and like like simple in a minimalistic way you know what yeah. i mean yeah so i really really enjoyed this cover i also did as well I didn't, um, I'm glad you kind of got in the Duffy like that, because I, I didn't really look that deep into it, especially not, I, I don't know that I would have been able to identify the flowers like you did, so that was, that definitely was incredible. I tried, because I had a hint, I was like, I think this is what the plant is called, and I, I just googled, like, Halcyon Hostas, and I'm like, yeah, star-like fringe, like, horn shape, yeah, that, that looks about right. Hmm. Well, yeah, um, getting into the actual chapter, we start off with, like, the narration saying that uh, Yuta can only release a directed high-output blast cursed energy while Rika is completely manifested. Even at full power, however, it's slightly weaker than Ishigori, so he was planning on, like, releasing a bunch of small ones in intervals to keep him from being able to charge up completely, but he catches a gaze from Ishigori that's basically just saying, like, let's go with everything, you know what I'm saying? So they uh they basically charge up. Utah Utah, you know, caves. We get this we get this funny panel 
just this once. Just this once. And um, <laughs> yeah, they clash with everything they got. Beams. Pff. I love this double page spread on four and five. Like yeah, the double firework clash. Just like beautiful stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I really quite like this because like Yuta is seems like a hyper practical individual, and so like for Ishigori's like romanticism to kind of like reach him, register, and then cause him to like reconsider his actual course of action. It's like you know what you want a slugfest. I'll give you a proper slugfest. You know. Yeah, because he's even he even says like though he'd probably never find meaning in fighting. You know. His heart was still moved, and I was like, "That's cool. I like that. The idea yeah. that like, it's 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 a really elegantly done version of that shonen trope where like if you cross fists with someone, if you fight someone in battle, you understand them in a way that no one else can, kind of yeah. thing." Like, only, only people that are, you know, living that life, fighting that fight can understand. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. I dig it. Like, it's yeah. a great... The two, three, just double spread right off the bat into a double, double spread. Like, Get fantastic. Get. Dude, it... Deep in the duffy. Uh, he, he did it. The part that I liked the most about... Ishigori is that his hair stayed quaffed until the very end. Like, yeah. The sign of his defeat is that his hair has finally come unraveled. Yeah. Yeah, that was really <laughs> funny. His defeat, yeah, is signaled by the <laughs> letting the releasing of the pompadour. Turns but, um, out cursed energy. This is the best pomade. But yeah, um, Ishigori wins the clash. Obviously, kind of blows Yuta back, and he's like, "Oh, that was sweet." He has Rika release another blast while he kind of runs up at him. He easily kind of brushes this one off, and he was thinking like, "Okay, his his technique still shouldn't be back." And then we get the panel where he hits him with the granite blast. Yuta uses Uro's technique. Shoot. Sends that bitch up. Dude, I really liked the kind of like alley-oop reverse. Like, I I really like that ability. And like, it made me wonder, because like the, the previous chapter when like Kuro Roshi was just like, I love the taste of iron and like the swarming. Yeah. I wondered why Rika like immediately ate Uro's arm. And I was like, why do you have to do that? That's creepy. Like, I expected that from the roach, roach demon. But yeah. Like, Rika, why'd you do that? So I, Turns I'm glad out it's the like, condition. Yeah, that's really cool. Or at least it's potentially the condition as far as Ishigori is concerned. Yeah. Um, makes which sense. I, which I think is really interesting. Um, which makes me wonder. Um, he's used the, the cursed voice. And he's used Gojo's, like, purple. So, did he do, like, a, a Deku All Might thing where he, like, had Rika eat their hair or, like, toenails or, like, 
uh, like a sample of their blood or what? Maybe, I mean, so I guess an easy way around it. I guess obviously you wouldn't want to take the easy way out and Gage usually never does. So I'm sure the explanation is going to be way better than this. But I guess something simple to just kind of get around all those things would be that like maybe Rika or Yuta just has to come in contact with your actual like cursed energy. Because mm, there would be there would be residual cursed energy in the arm of Uro, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Because mm-hmm. cursed energy persists after death, True. even like so. The 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 curtain guys would be like, oh, we noticed traces of this and that going on. Like when Maki destroyed the Zenin clan, yeah, they were just like, hey, you know, there's trace elements. We believe it's the source to be a weapon. This is a recognizable and quantifiable amount of data that we can incur. But yeah, no, like, it might be... Because, like, he only did the abilities that Uro used on him. Like, directly on him. Because he did the thing with the arm. When she did that thing with his arms and made it all loopy. And then she also did the little icebreak ability on him. Or whatever it's called. It's... Thin Icebreaker. Yeah. That was really interesting. Um, But the part that I really liked was when they were, like, sparring. And he does, like, the... He does, like, the kind of, like, mixed martial arts jujitsu kind of grab on page 1617 when they're, like, exchanging blows. And Ishigori's just going full, like, brawler, haymaker kind of swings with all these hooks. Yeah. And like Yuta just like grabs one side, grabs one side, pulls, and like uses his jacket to pin his arms to like keep him from struggling and then holds him in position so that the reflected granite blast is like whoa boom. Yeah. I loved that. I was like, that's that's the nice realistic take on it, as opposed to like, oh, I just noticed like I got hit and it blindsided me, that kind of thing. I like that he, you know, took him seriously enough to, like, hold him down and forced him to do that. Yeah. So, um... I also do really like just that artistic touch in the last panel of the the dessert plate empty. Mm-hmm. That was so the good. The crumbs. The crumbs. Um, the so crumbs I was... People were speculating in the live chat for this reaction that, like... At this point now, um, Kogane is going to pop up and introduce the rules that Yuji got. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that'll kind of put a halt on these events here because Yuta obviously was like, I'm going to just run through everybody and get everything done myself. Fuck them. Um, so I don't know. I've got, I've got hope that we still may be able to recruit one, if not both, of the players here. Uh, keep in mind that Kogane also has not announced Uro's death. No, she's still alive, and I feel like, unlike Toto, she can still use her ability. Yeah. Without, with just one hand. I feel like she genuinely still can, you know, do, you know, a circular whip rotation and, like, pull the sky around her. I wonder if she's using the ability on her arm stump to, like, prevent the bleeding. Yeah. Because like she did it to his arm and she's like he's like, I can't feel my arm. I can't it's not like quite existing. So I wonder if she's like 
wrapping the stump and then like twisting it like the end of a joint a little bit to like using the sky surface thing to like ply that space as a physical object Hmm. to like kind of like use her curse technique to effectively triage or like uh cauterize the wound tourniquet oh yeah yeah tourniquet there we go thank you i was like struggling with the word i was like here's like a bunch of similar effects yeah you could definitely probably tourniquet off a wound with uh with her curse technique um we also get rika in this chapter information that rika is kind of like a glass cannon effectively like she can output a lot of damage she can like throw hands she can throw cursed beams um but we do get the narrator saying five minutes the connection between rika and okotsu would end a single blow that was too much for rika even when completely manifested would cause her to reach her limit so i mean i mean i don't effectively fragile though because she's taken hits before yeah and, and, I and just Uro think did clock her once, or not Uro, but Ishigori did clock her once already in the jaw. Pretty yeah, good. I think, I think it's Ishigori's ability to just output damage. Because he's like, every time I output damage, it's the maximum amount of damage. He, he, you know, he's doing that instantaneous release kind of stuff. Yeah. So I feel like she's probably sturdier. She's sturdy enough to like survive a lot of attacks, but not from Ishigori. Yeah. And, like, he did, like, a full swing. Yeah, he did put his back into it. He put his fucking back into it. Yeah, page 14, like, dead eyes. Like, he went full Maruo, right? Like, he just went, I'm going to punch a yokai. Go. (laughs) Yeah. Or actually, wait. I think she kind of starts to disapitate. Uh, and then he like hits dissipate? her because, yeah, in the panel where it says five minutes of connection between uh, Rico and Okotsu would end, I think it was announcing that five minutes because she kind of starts to turn into some smoke. Like in the panel before, it's her body. Mm-hmm. In the in that oh, panel, she's you can't even. Turning... Yeah, because she has that all white form. Yeah. At the top of page fourteen. And then her body slowly becomes blackened, like shadowy smoke, and she loses the giant eyeball. And you see the, the uh, yeah, and you see the exclamation point. Yeah, she's definitely like downgrading. Mm-hmm. So just a combination of those things. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's nutty. That's a really good spot. Um... Yeah, I think um, I don't know. Then we get the end, basically, where he drops the blast on him. Ishigori's, like, satisfied. He's uh, He's gotten his dessert. And, um, I don't know. I just can't, I can't wait like, to see what happens next chapter. Sorry, go ahead. I do want to see if he gets, like, spared. He's like, oh, yeah, no, the introduction of this rule doesn't mean that our deaths, our deaths would literally be meaningless, you know, you gave me something that I couldn't find in a past life. You know, I maybe feel indebted to you, that kind of thing, for meeting me on the battlefield on my terms and still, like, taking me to town and, like, reading my rights. Yeah. Yeah. The way I see it. Um, and Yuta doesn't look like 
you know, he looks pleased. He looks like he's having fun here. So I don't know. He could. Uh, he he does definitely doesn't look like his cold, calculated uh, another day at work self like he's been the last you know yeah. probably five ten chapters like. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. Uh, I think that's his weakness. Is that um. Because he admires Gojo so much, you know, like Yuta admires Gojo. He's like, you know, who's there for the strongest in the world? Who actually helps them when they're down? I want to be that person. And he respects Gojo. Gojo is always characterized by being a free spirited person. You know, come what may, the world's, you know, here for me. I'm free. He like Gojo epitomized himself via freedom. Right? He's like, I don't care about traditions. I don't care about standards. I want to live the way I want to live. And I want to help people that want to live that way. Yeah. He, you know, he encouraged that sentiment in the next generation through Megumi, through Yuji, through Nobara and like y Yuta and stuff. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy. So we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I think that, like, the way that Ishigori lives his life would resonate with Yuta. And I think that's why he accepted that kind of, like, challenge. To do it. To fight in a way that's not logical. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's about all I had for this uh, week. The only thing I had left was the 4-5 spread of Rika in the background with the floating one eye. It reminds me of a series called Monstrous. Um, I know Knox has been reading that one. It's a really good series if you're ever interested in like more of a Western comic to a little palate cleanse, mix things up. Mm -hmm. um, the other part was um, page nine of because like I remember Yuta barehanded blocking Ishigori's granite blast, and he's like, "Oh damn, you're tough." And then I love that Ishigori's like, "Anything you can do, I can do better." And uh, it made me think of um, Butterfly in the sky I could fly twice as high 
Mm. I've read the sitch. I think you're a bitch. Reading Rainbow. Just like, love it. <laughs> just like stunting on each other for no good reason. And yeah. I just like, God. Just, just a, a, a machismo off. bravado fight, man. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I think I think that about does it for me. This this chapter and the, and the art definitely is great, man. Like the um, the thin icebreaker panel, the design, all the impact, like impact, different textures, like when Uro is able to do that, like when like he does Uro's technique, cowl flip, when Ishigori is able to do what. Uh, uh, when Yuta's able to like flip the granite blast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When when yeah, when Yuta uses Uro's technique to flip it up, that that art on that panel is definitely great. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that about does it. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get into the final chapter of the night, chapter one thousand and forty-five of One Piece. Whoa. Um, next level, and uh, we start off with the color cover, color spread, Sea of Liberty. Nice little feel good uh, color spread with all the straw hats hanging out, doing their thing. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We got. Uh, I love it. It reminds me of um, like those large boats that take on tours. Oh yeah, you know what I mean like the large double decker like boats that like go around and they're like and here is our pearl like per the pearl farms of west hong joe like the this river is, cruise uh, boats or whatever yeah like welcome to west lake here's the pearl farms and here's the mountains to your left the shore is actually quite far you can't see across it in one go it creates the mist which uh is what made the west lake famous in multiple paintings and that kind of thing like yeah it's got that vibe yeah, definitely uh, has a nice, you know, toury, feel-good, light-hearted vibe to it, for sure. I mean, uh, it fits this chapter, to be honest. Like, Yeah, for sure. Um, but getting into the... full Looney Tunes. He does go full fucking Looney Tunes, man. Like, I guess getting into the chapter, um, Kaido and Luffy kind of talking at the beginning. Kaido's like, I thought you were dead. You know, given that you're you're transferring your rubber shit to other things, I'm taking your awakening it, but you're also transforming. So something's seeming a little fishy. Kaido's kind of figuring it out, you know? Yeah. You know, Showing that I, he's no slouch mentally. I like that. Honestly, I think it's really funny, the idea that, like, because Kaido was, like, ridiculous when he was drunk. You know, mm-hmm. he went through the multiple stages, like crying drunk, anchor drunk, flirty drunk, stop, you know, kind of stuff. And he was ridiculous. But, like, when it's Luffy's turn to be more ridiculous and one-up him, he's like, no, 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 that's too much, that's too much. And I'm like, bro, I saw you in the last two fight, like, couple chapters. Yeah. You're fine. We see what <laughs> you've been doing, you know what I'm saying, so... Yeah, Luffy proceeds to do all kinds of weird, wonky, Looney Tunes fucking shit that had me absolutely dying, laughing my ass off reading the chapter. Like, Kaido eats him. He fucking pinballs around in Kaido's stomach. Like, balloons floats up. Fucking makes Kaido float up. Somehow fucking 
gets up into his skull cavity without messing with his brain or organs. Yep. Fucking throws his arms out his eyeballs, attaches himself to the nose, fucking rockets himself, himself out, out of his face. mouth. Like, what the fuck is actually happening, dude? Yeah, it it makes you wonder, because, like, it his abilities seem to be operating on, um, like, who framed Roger Rabbit Toontown level of powers? Right, like Yu-Gi-Oh's Toon World level of powers. Yeah. Where it's just like, okay, I can do anything, but only if it's funny. And that's seems to be the key thing, because I remember Roger Rabbit being able to, like, you know, pick a hole off the ground, slap it under the wall, reach through it, and then peel it off it's like a sticker. That kind of thing. Yeah. Which, like, Luffy is effectively doing. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, like they said, it's it's just the most ridiculous power in existence. It allows him to fight in any way he wants, which is crazy. Yeah, it just applies this Looney Tunes logic to, like, not only him, but, like, the world around him, the people around him. Like, Kaido yeah. has this Looney Tunes logic applied to him, like, with the, like, what we were talking about, how is he inside of his head and can throw his arms out of his eyeballs without being in his brain, like... Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's I just mean, strange. Uh, Twelve and thirteen are great examples of that, where he shoots through his head and has like his eyes pop out of his skull, and he gets all his allies able to do the same thing. Yeah, like, even Kid like, in Law. Yes, it's so, yeah. non. That's wide ranging. That targets everybody. The fact that like he gets shot through and that his head gets stuck and he has to pull it through again is just like goofy yeah but um the gum gum giant though so dude that was a cool little spread this is crazy because gigantification is something that they've been after for a long time so is this something they're trying to mimic from this fruit maybe probably it wouldn't be too far-fetched but yeah that was uh Definitely an insane panel when he came down with the gum gum giant. And I thought he was going to do more, but, um, you know, he did jump rope the fuck out of Kaido and shit. And, and <laughs> yeah, he did kind of get, I liked, as a giant, I pretty easily rope. dealt with, you know, it seemed like. I mean, he used his giant form to jump rope, so it's like he's still doing it. Um, my favorite thing was on page 16 when he gets hit in the back of the head with the bagua oh yep and then like this his nose becomes a spike there's spikes all over his like forehead his his tongue tongue becomes a spike and i was just like he reminded me of um junk rat from overwatch oh my god in that moment no i was just like oh my god like but like that's that's a cartoony character in itself. So I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's, it's keeping up. Um, and then he's running around. His head, his face looks like the lower panels. His face looks like the the road hot, like the junk rat wheel. Yeah. I'm just like, man. The junk rat wheel. Yeah, he went from junk rat to the wheel real quick. Um, What do you think of the, like, page 14 panel where he's, like, 
drying up and then immediately pops back page uh, 15 um well i mean he's like he's kind of that's his body saying you're kind of at the limits of where you can go without putting yourself in jeopardy right which is kind of what kaido says when he goes back into the awakening he's like oh i was dying before this it takes a lot of energy um and then he goes back into the awakening saying like this can't end yet you know we got all these people we're fighting for and kaido says basically like careful or you'll die so like i think he's basically just kind of like surpassing his limits in a sense where or or forcing mm. himself past his limits maybe more accurately is the thing to say um and kaido okay, says I'm... you know if you if you don't if you're not careful you'll die doing that and he's like you actually think i care so yeah there was i was wondering what the purpose of that or was like literally just to be silly like but i do like the implication that there's actually like serious repercussions going to that do you think that we might see him because he's interacting with he's warping reality right like his ability warps reality and he could potentially die we saw the grim reaper who was proven not to be brooks right coming towards zoro mm -hmm. so what if death appears for luffy and he uses the Nika Nika fruit ability to literally just like tell death not today. Like, psych, I ain't gonna die. Joke's on you, dude. I refuse to. And like, just put the smack down on death. But I don't know. It's just like that's a side thought. I don't think that's actually gonna happen, but I, I think it would be very interesting if that actually does happen. Because um, I'm not sure how. Because, like, One Piece is actually pretty good at, like, the side effect aspect of overexerting yourself. They're really good with the consequences, and, like, they don't, like, have egregious power ups without, like, having a fallback, like, a blowback towards mm -hmm. sort of thing. So I'm wondering what's what's gonna happen there, and if uh, the Nika Nika fruit's gonna be the way out of it too. Um, there's a really hard line that I liked in the same page, page fourteen. He's like, "You have my assurances that after you die, someone will tell your tale of your great battle." He's like, "I don't need any of that. Once we're dead, the only thing that's left is bones," and just starts cackling. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, "That's cold." And that was that was regular Luffy. That wasn't the Joy Boy. That wasn't him laughing. That was real Luffy laughing. Mm -hmm. And that's just you know that's feel that's why I feel that part was interjected is just to you know show that there is some seriousness in Luffy's. There is some serious aspects to Luffy's character mm -hmm. because it's while he just... is mostly jovial and goofy, there are some serious aspects to his character and some serious lessons that he's learned in his life. That he does hold, you know, close to his heart. Um, yeah. And one is that, you know, there's no such thing as a fair fight in the in the world of pirates. Once we're dead, all that's left is bones. There's no need in 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 the story afterward. Yeah, I mean that really plays in because like how he's like 
really butted against the idea of like Wano samurai believing in such a thing as a good death. They're like, we want a good death. We want honorable death. And he's like, there ain't no such thing. Like, once you're dead, you're dead. There's no amount of honor that changes that fact. What matters is how you lived your life when you were here. Mm -hmm. How free you were. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Um, I wonder how he's going to finish the fight. Or if, like... Because, like... One of the rules of cartoons, right? Like, for cartoon violence, for Tom and Jerry level violence, the main rule for, like, a Disney cartoon, for, like, Looney Tunes stuff, is that it never truly hurts. Yeah. So, like, we're watching Luffy just, in Nika Nika form, punch his fist through Kaido's head, and then retract, leave his face you know, not a giant hole. So it's like, he's getting wailed on, but how much damage is actually going through it? I mean, I think that we can say this is a fair amount of damage only because, like, it does put Kaido on his ass and his his eyes are kind of, like, whited out. And also, like, you can see the black lightning. So this is, like, a Conqueror's Hockey, Armament Hockey, and Butte Attack. You can see the black you know, the armament mm. hockey on his fist in the panel afterward. I think you, you don't see it on his fist going through Kaido's face because it's literally Kaido's skin stretching out of the back of his head, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, Like, he yeah. literally just bopped his shit the fuck in. Okay. But I, I do think it was a devastating attack, you know, despite, like, the the visual nature of it, you know, not making it look like it. Yeah, because there's lightning going all the way through on every single panel of that fist um 1819 except for uh when he like pulls his fist out of kaido but then kaido is like seems to be electrified by that black lightning yeah even then like the the conqueror's hockey is still kind of flowing through him i think that's that real you know Mm. but i mean the onomatopoeia like the sound effects for the punch hitting is is like giant kaboom like it fucking it slapped the fuck out of him i think for sure yeah, it's the same thing as um, when it's almost the same size and stuff when um, Kaido is doing the Thunder Bagua against Luffy on page 16. Yeah. If you look at the side effects, like, they're con- I like how he's using the sound effect size to reinforce the idea of, like, comparable damage. Yeah. Yeah, because that kaboom, that boom, that's a, yeah, that's a hitter right there. for mm-hmm. And Yamato the and Momo both react. The only one bigger is when he's doing the, the gum gum giant. That's the only time the, like, sound effect is, like, bigger than that. Oh, yeah. And it's doom. I felt like that gum gum giant should have been a little more devastating than it was, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I think it's because he interrupted, like, he spiraled around and, like, bit him in the side, because that happens in the same page, where he gets bitten in the side, and then Luffy, as reaction, grabs him by the head and the tail. Yep. Yeah, definitely, I think, yeah, that's probably Kaido counted it pretty well. Yeah, give him a big old breath blast. 
And he also, um, on page 11, does this, like, running, Looney Tunes running wheel thing with the fire. Yeah, the fire, I feel, is an important point because this is something that, obviously, he has the hawk attacks the, that, you know, are flaming. And uh, it's been speculated that this could possibly be part of the Nika fruit. It could possibly be, like, inherited will from Ace. Like, oh. So I feel the fire here is more indicative of the the former right it's part of the nika oh, fruit the nika fruit yeah yeah because his head is a whole giant ball of fire right and he's got that little burning cape of cloud yep and like yeah the the feet effect here while he's like literally running across the sky with the fire mm-hmm i feel like it's that case as well like he's leaving like an after image of his like cloud cape yeah because it also could be clouds though him. yeah you're right yeah i think he it's like his version of what kaido is using to move the onigashima i think it actually is clouds probably because his hair is white yeah he's got white hair he's got white, white clothes like the, yeah the sash he's got that cloud sash wrapped around his shoulders because he's like a thunder god mm -hmm. and his his shirt actually turns white too yeah, that was that was an interesting part. I was like, it made it remind like the fact that he was like turning all white made me think of um, Teach, like Blackbeard. Oh yeah, and how he turned completely black. So, and he's like, you know, he has the darkness, darkness fruit, and he he was able to absorb multiple fruit abilities because of this darkness. So I'm wondering if that is also like another mythical human type fruit or some sort and that it is like there's a potential to have like a mythological response like rival of the Nika Nika fruit or it could just simply just be this is the opposite right mm -hmm. that the element of darkness in the void is the dark dark fruit. And then Nika is like the opposite reaction where you are a human and if you're in the dark, you create light Yeah. to illuminate the space you're in. That's what it means to be human. So, mm. but I think it's interesting, like they have the color kind of color contrast. And I wonder if this is going to be pertinent to their inevitable clash in the series finale. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... That is definitely a good question and a good spot. I wonder how long this Kaido fight's gonna be. I think it. I mean, the whole Wano thing has been going on for quite a while, so it's hard to predict the, the you know the longevity of anything in this series. I, I feel like I feel like maybe one or two more chapters of like actual fighting. Or something like one or two it feels like it should be wrapped up fairly soon yeah it feels like this is definitely the climactic you know the final final portion of the fight here so i agree yeah. um other than that i don't know if i had really anything else too much else for the chapter here yeah fun antics very cool it's very nostalgic in that Yu-Gi-Oh kind of way love gear um, five like Mm -hmm. I think it fits Luffy's character perfectly. I don't know. People are so upset about it. You know, they want Luffy to be serious. 
it's but like, he's not serious. The like, series he's has. Never, he's never been serious. The series has never, never really been except for serious. human rights. That's it. Exactly. Like, the only time like, he gets you know, serious is when you fuck with his friends or when you fuck with somebody's human rights. Yeah. Yeah, like he's like, hey man, you're robbing these people of like basic dignity. All right, we'll throw hands. Cool. Moving on. Like, but in that, he's just been a goofy guy, very lighthearted, and like. And so I have think that's a certain level of strength. You know what I mean? Yes. Because like this series covers war, slavery, genocide, all these things, harsh realities of the world. And I think that like when faced with all the awfulness in the world, true strength in response to that is showcased in the ability to still be able to laugh still be able to like enjoy the world and like cultivate that enjoyment in a way that can be shared with others and like sharing your own like happiness and joy yeah among the world instead of like oh i'm seeing all this negativity i'm seeing all this evil in the world and it has jaded me and made me brittle exactly and uh i think that's that's been a core part of one piece's like themes for a very long time yeah like yes the world's awful yes we have to face it but that doesn't mean it's the end of joy yes well said um yeah i think that's 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 probably a good note to end out the chapter on so yeah that'll uh that'll do it for this chapter of one piece and uh, that will do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on this video if you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe to the channel for more Fire Weekly content like this. Also, uh, as we said before, be sure to take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts such as Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on as well as ways to support the show such as our online store or our patreon and um with all those words said this will be another fantastic episode of the project manga podcast wrapping up i'm your host eagle and i'm Ennis. take care peace Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.